Let's Science is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. We live in a universe of scientific wonders. Every day, scientists are inching towards breakthroughs which can change our lives. We're playing our small part in sharing these wonders with you. That's why today is a fine day for science. So let's science. So uh, I shared an article with Caroline. I said, oh, Caroline, this would be a great one for you to talk about you know, one day. Uh, and she's not here to talk about it. Um, but there is a follow-up topic I would like to do one, uh, like at another point. However, this topic is called... Five failed alternatives to the Big Bang Theory and why they didn't work. And I thought this was fascinating because the Big Bang Theory is is awesome. All right, it's just you know this sort of this explanation of how everything came to be. And uh, and what I like about this is you know there were alternatives too. What else did? Uh, it's the curiosity in me that. And this is what the thing is. I'm not a scientist, but I'm definitely a science enthusiast. And I love the curiosity and the answers that science provides to some of the mysteries of the universe and how things um, you know, are and came to be from a scientific standpoint. So there were alternatives to the Big Bang Theory that existed too, like competing theories that were logical and just as legitimate, but, uh, but obviously develops, there were developments in science which, uh, which obviously uh, debunked them basically, that, that, they couldn't be, that they couldn't be possible in light of you know, an expanding universe. So um, I've got a link to the to the article in the show notes from space.com, one of my favorite sites, <laughs> websites. <laughs> um, but essentially, first of all, the Big Bang Theory, uh, what is it? Uh, now, it doesn't mention this article, but also props to Father George Lemaitre, and I don't know if I'm saying that properly, the um, Belgian Catholic priest who actually came up with what the this theory that would become what we know as the Big Bang Theory. So people need to know that a Catholic priest actually contributed to what we popularly call the Big Bang Theory now. So he was a contemporary of Albert Einstein. And um, and this was the follow-up I was saying before. I said, um, I'll have to push Caroline to do a topic just on him uh, you know, and his contributions to the Big Bang Theory. But that's for another day. The Big Bang Theory itself is the explanation for how the universe began 13.8 billion years ago. So that, that's the, that's, it's a scientific explanation for that. Yep. So it's quite old. Yep. Um, it's the leading explanation. And although it is, there were some, there were some alternatives. Uh, so just first of all, there are, here are some, there are sort of uh, a list of, uh, you know, of maybe five or six points about what the Big Bang Theory is to understand it. So um, here are three assumptions, first of all, that um, scientists make about the universe and their observations of it. The laws of physics are universal and don't change with time or location in space. So the universal, the, the laws of physics are universal to our entire universe, expanding universe. The universe is homogenous, so, um, so roughly the same in every direction, though not necessarily in all of time. And there's a reason for that. We'll talk about that later, maybe. We'll see how we go. And <laughs> the other thing also, an assumption is humans don't observe the universe from a privileged location such as the very center. So our solar system is not in the center of our universe. It's actually kind of, no. yeah. So, um, and in fact, our galaxy is not in the center. Of, yeah, yeah. So we're not in a privileged place to to observe the universe itself. So... Um, when applied to Einstein's equations, these assumptions indicate that the universe has several properties. So um, you know that Einstein came up with a theory of, of relativity and so on, which was proven just over a decade or under a decade ago. 
I'm not 100 percent sure when it was. Me too. When Einstein did yep. it. You know what I love? Caroline. Caroline yeah, exactly. Sorry. Hey. What I love is when we're not sure, we we'll just say we'll get Caroline to explain that to us. Exactly. So <laughs> anyway, uh, Einstein's uh, um, uh, what is it? Uh, equations tell us the following: the universe is continually expanding. So our universe is expanding, uh, growing. Another another one is that the universe emerged from a hot, dense state at some infinite time in the past. The lightest elements, hydrogen and helium, were created in the first moments of the universe, and a background of microwave radiation fills the entire universe. And that's really important because um, this microwave radiation is actually one of the reasons for debunking some of the other alternatives to the Big Bang Theory. So, Lena, you ready for some, some alternatives? Oh, okay. Here we All go. Right, here we go. Yeah. One one of the alternatives uh, was that the universe is eternal. So before the Big Bang theory, the consensus amongst scientists was that the universe just was, always has been, and it's just it's just it's always existed the way that it's existed. Simple as that. Um, and so uh, there might have been a creation event at some point in the distant past. However. Um, Pretty much, the universe simply exists as it has, and, and always and and always will exist the same way. Um, so it said, it says here, sure, stars occasionally blow up, and the random comet appeared, but on the whole, the universe simply was. It was one great cosmic tapestry that, at large scales at least, remained unchanged for eternity. So that was the eternal universe theory. Uh, however, um, that was debunked when Edwin Hubble, what a really you know significant as- astronomer discovered the expansion of the universe so he kind of discovered that you know this expanding universe so this discovery immediately threw a wrench in the idea of the eternal universe now speaking of edward hubble edwin hubble discovering the expanding universe george lemaitre was also part of that but edward hubble edwin hubble tends to be credited so uh the um the what is it the that in- international union that decides the planets and how many planets there are, and unfortunately decided that Pluto is not a planet. Thinking about Star Trek, sorry about that. No, not the United Federation of Planets. However, so a different one. Um, they renamed the theory the um, the Hubble Lemaitre theory as well. So that's, that's good. something to note as good, well. Yeah. So, uh, however, the eternal universe doesn't work. Evidence shows that we live in a dynamic, evolving universe. So it's not just in a steady, static state as as they had thought it had been. So, the steady state universe is is another theory. So, even with the realization that the universe is expanding, many astronomers were still resistant to the concept of the Big Bang. The oh, biggest contender okay. in the early <laughs> yeah in the early twentieth century was a theory called the steady state model, and this was proposed by astronomer Fred Hoyle. In the in this model, the universe is expanding, but there's always new matter appearing in the void to replace it. So, according to that theory. The cosmos does get bigger, but the density stays the same, thus rescuing the general themes of the eternal universe. So what Hoyle was trying to do was say, all right, the universe is expanding. Uh, He was clearly uh, into the eternal universe idea, but instead of eternal, now that that we know the universe is expanding, it's, it's still sort of steady and unchanging because as the universe expands, where there was a void outside the universe, matter just falls into place there. So we can say it's steady standing, steady state, and that kind of, in a way, saves the universal, uh, the, or the eternal universe theory in a sense. Um, however, it says here, um, it came to a screeching halt with two major observations. One is quasars, and the other one is this microwave background radiation, or CMB, as I talked about before. Quasars are intensely bright sources of radio emissions found exclusively in the distant universe. 
and the cosmic, uh, cosmic microwave background is a source of radiation that surrounds us on all sides. It sounds like the force, doesn't it? Um, in, yeah. Um, so in the Big Bang picture, these are easy to explain. The light comes from the earlier epoch in cosmic history when things were different. But in the steady state model, the early universe should look like the modern universe. So you know how we um, we talked about Caroline talks about redshift. She explained this to us last yeah, episode. Yeah, redshifts. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. the idea of you know you can see the light of um, of stars that are no longer there um, today, or you know, or that might be in a different position, or or the you know that once existed but have now exploded or have died. Yeah. So um, the steady state can't stand up to to that um, to, because of that. Uh, now another theory is the electric universe and this one really this one really got me all right i was bamboozled by this so i'll just i'm gonna rely heavily on the text for this one so um with the steady state done uh, gone uh, another contender rose up to challenge the big bang thanks to nobel prize winning physicist hans alfen i hope i said that right he was uh, a master of understanding the forces inside electricity charged gases known as plasmas and he developed an entire branch of physics known as magnetohydrodynamics. What a great name. I love that. So, wow, that's a long name. Yeah. That's a long name. Yep. I mean, scientific has to have a long name. So, oh, definitely. Yeah. So he argued that because electromagnetic magnetic forces were far stronger than gravitational forces, what we observe in the cosmos should be better understood as the consequences of electromagnetism, not gravity. This included the evolution of the solar system, the birth of stars, and the expansion of the universe. He argued that the universe was composed of large pockets of matter and antimatter. Now it's getting very Star Trek, uh, which okay, are constantly, yeah, and these are, and these are constantly in, in competition. The bubbles expand against each other, resulting in what we perceive as the expansion of the universe. And when they meet, the light of uh, cosmic microwave, uh, cosmic microwave background is generated, he theorized. However, this was debunked because there is no way for an electric universe to match all the observations, most importantly Hubble's law. So for nearby galaxies, the speed of their recession is proportional to their distance, something neatly explained by general relativity and the expansion of space. In Alfen's version, all galaxies receded at an equal rate. And then it says, sorry, Hannes, <laughs> which is, or Hans, yeah. Anyway, so I think it's Hans, yeah. Um, so, uh, so his theory, again, it's logical, it makes perfect sense, but it's debunked by the observations that have been made of our universe and its expansion and so on. So I've got two more very quickly. The Mixbuster cosmology, which was that's, named... Yeah. That so, so sounds like a, a kitchen utensil. I'm sorry, this you are, is not right. You are absolutely right, <laughs> because it was named after a brand of kitchen blenders, the Mixmaster. <laughs> well done, well there done. You go, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, <laughs> sorry. sorry. Uh, so the thing is, the with the Big Bang theory, I mean, what what it says is that no theory is perfect, and one puzzling feature within the Big Bang theory, a feature of our universe, is how smooth it is at large scales. Regions of the cosmos vastly separated from each other have roughly the same temperature. There simply wasn't enough time in the early universe for all of these patches these to even patches out. Just to even out. Mm, yeah, that sort of makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So this is called the horizon problem. And in 1969, Charles, uh, Charles Misner developed a solution to it called Mixmaster Cosmology. Yes, named after the blender. In a Mixmaster universe, the early cosmos was incredibly chaotic, with space constantly sloshing back and forth. This chaotic action did two things. It mixed up material at small scales, eventually giving rise to galaxies, and evened things out on large scales to make the universe, the overall universe, homogenous. 
Despite the cool name, the math never really worked out for the Mixed Master models. And another description of the early universe called inflation, which I haven't got time to explain because I haven't done the research yet, was able to explain the uh, horizon problem in a much simpler way. Let's just, um, what is it, deflect um, inflation to Caroline and get her to explain it one day. And we're not talking about economic inflation, we're talking about... No, yeah. no, no, yep, definitely. Yeah, yeah uh, talk about galactic inflation or universal inflation. All right, and lastly, cyclic universes. This one's kind of cool, right? So one of the biggest conceptual problems with the Big Bang is that it has a beginning. There was a time with no universe and now a time with a universe. So that's the Big Bang theory. There was no universe at one time and now there is. It's just come into being. Because the Big Bang model doesn't attempt to explain the true beginning of the universe, there have been many attempts over years to come up with some, some scenario that generates a Big Bang from some other physical process. So what they were trying to say was, was there another physical thing that happened, like a chain of events that led to the Big Bang? Uh, so almost all attempts that replace the Big Bang end up delivering some sort of cyclical universe in which the Big Bang is just one of an infinitely long string of universes. Because if you replace the Big Bang with another singular occurrence, you, have, you haven't really changed anything. So in essence, the cyclic model represents an eternal universe, but with more steps. So basically, yeah, the idea that uh, there was a universe before this one, and it did whatever it did, which led to the creation of this one. And then this one eventually will end and lead to the creation causal causal events of another one and so on. So that was oh, wow. Yeah, that was a theory of the cyclic universe. Um, so there are many cyclic models, and all of them re- rely on highly speculative physics. Perhaps um, higher dimensional uh, brains kept colliding, uh, triggering new big bangs, or maybe inflation just doesn't stop, and there's always a new universe right around the corner. Or maybe the universe will eventually collapse reach some incredibly incredible small quantum size, and then bounce right back again. But all of these models have difficulty explaining dark energy, that the expansion of our universe is accelerating with no signs of slowing down. So as far as we can tell, the cosmos is a one-and-done affair. Uh, so, um, yeah, basically, these are the all the different models. It says here, um, so no matter what, the Big Bang model will always win. And, and that's because, like any good science, what has been observed so far supports the Big Bang model as the, as the best one to explain how our universe exists. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Wow. So there you go, the Big Bang Theory. Wow. Not just a wow. funny TV show. <laughs> no, definitely not. Great yeah. TV show anyway. Yeah, definitely. Good, I can't remember. How many was there? Lizzie, five. Five of them? What's that? Yeah, theories. These are five theories. Five yeah. theories. There's probably more, but these are probably the five most prominent ones most that prominent stack up ones. as, as yes. the most logical, I guess. Yep. Wow, man. Yeah. Just both of my minds thinking that, of course, there are other universes out there. And yeah, they'll take us hundreds of years to be able to um, explore them. Oh, to explore a galaxy will take millions of years to explore it. <laughs> if if we even get to manage to explore our galaxy, our, 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 um, well, our galaxy, let alone the universe itself. I mean, the galaxy is one problem. Exactly. <laughs> the universe exactly. is a whole other problem like, in terms yeah, of exploration. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, yeah. For our for our part, I think we 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 just it's a very small step, small step for man, one <laughs> for mankind. But but what what I'm saying is is like we, we it's it's amazing to think that there's so much out there at the moment. Oh yeah, and yep. so much to you know we've explored Earth. I think we've done um, explored Earth for 
Well, or, or well, for everything. There's, there's a lot but of Earth, the Earth we haven't explored, though, as well. Uh, well, I mean, this is correct. Yeah. I was about to say that. I think there's a few little things that we haven't still haven't yeah. explored on Earth. Yeah, understanding our planet. I mean, we've probably mapped the planet out. You know, satellites can do that. That's but exactly. actually but exploring, exploring. You know, there's so much more exploration to be done. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely. Let alone the solar system. Let alone, oh, let alone, you know, yeah. the moon, for example. <laughs> moon. You know? Well, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. That's each amazing. each planet is a project of its own. It would take, uh, uh, like, for example, to explore all of Mars will take a long, long time. A long, yeah. long we've, time. We've, only, we've got a couple yeah. of buggies over there with cameras on them. <laughs> anyway, and, a, and one and little the, helicopter. That's, you know... And they're doing well. Doing observations, they're doing well. yeah. Yeah, they're doing well. The Perseverance Before, Rover and the others, yeah. Exactly, and they're doing very well. I, You know, I think we, a lot of people have skeptics and blah, blah, blah. Think, oh, those things won't fly or whatever. But they've brought us pictures of another planet, of another what's going on, and it's an unbelievable. Yeah. I love um just to finish this part off. I love the memes that I've seen of uh of of a like a Mars rover, you know, drive, pointing its camera at something and then you've got aliens outside the camera holding like a canvas, like a picture of a dead world, like a, an empty world, so that so that they'll go away, like humans won't send more. Yeah. You know, or like you know, or the canvas might have something like get off my lawn or you know, or you know, or turn around or whatever it might be, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So they're great. Yeah. Let's Science is brought to you by StarQuest Media and is a fortnightly podcast that brings you the scientific wonders of our universe from a distinctly Catholic point of view. For more from Caroline, Lindsay, and friends, listen to the StarQuest show, Catholics of Oz. Find links from today's show at sqpn.com science and find the Catholics of Oz at sqpn.com oz. Be sure to follow the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you can find podcasts, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. The generous donations of our patrons at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue Let's Science and all the shows at StarQuest, which makes our nonprofit mission possible. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Join us next time for more scientific wonders, and thank you for listening to Let's Science on StarQuest.